the people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. So lift up your heads. See the glory of the Lord. Happy New Year. It is our prayer that this will be a great and prosperous New Year for you all. I want to welcome uh, everybody that's watching online, uh, my brothers and my sisters, to God be the glory. And for those that are here in-house, we want to thank the Mac family, the elders, the deacons, the worship team, the tech team. I want to thank all of you for being a part of my life. Of course, my brother in Christ, Pastor Leon, and his lovely wife, Rebecca. We give praise and glory to God for you. And then to my favorite couple, brother Johnny and sister Jenny, who greeted me from the moment I walked in these doors and was a part of this whole atmosphere. God bless you both. I want to thank my family and my friends for praying for me and supporting this ministry. And I must say before we get started today that, <clears throat> as you did hear Brother Johnny say, I am a musician at heart, uh, but so was David. Uh, so a lot of what I do and a lot of what I say sometimes comes out lyrical, and I make reference to quite a few songs in my message uh, as we move along to my uh, good sister, Edith, who is just uh, been so thankful that I'm be up here. I want to sing a little bit. Jesus is on the main line. <laughs> Tell him what you want. <laughs> she has been waiting to hear that from me for a good little while. So we want to uh, thank God for allowing us to see a new year. Um, we don't know what this year is holding for us, but we do thank God for everything uh, happening for us, we, um, we want to lift up those persons who have entered this year in sorrow. Um, I'm particularly moved by a member of the worship team uh, who has lost his son this past week through COVID, and uh, Pastor Leon and Sister Rebecca are, are ministering with them at this time. Uh, we want you to know that Earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. And we here are praying for you. Everybody here in this community know me as Pastor Chris. So feel free to greet me in that manner. In peace, we have come to pray and to seek the Lord today for salvation from his hand, for the healing of our land. Let us pray. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. For we have placed all our hopes in thee. For our sins we repent, O Lord. We believe your holy word. Have mercy, Lord, today. 
and take all our sins away. Kyrie Christe, Lord, have mercy. If you would mark iniquity, Lord, who could stand? Mercy, like a fountain, flows from your hand. O oh Lord, have mercy, for we have placed all our hopes in thee. Amen. Well, I've been given the charge of speaking to you today on Epiphany. All of this Advent season, we've been celebrating. Uh, the sanctuary lights have, were dimmed, and now they are back ablaze because, as I referred to a scripture earlier in Isaiah, the people who walk in darkness have now seen a great light. Those candles that we lit, the first one represented hope, the second one represented faith, the third joy, the fourth peace, and the fifth purity. Well, we've celebrated Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, and now we're into a new year. Our decorations have gone back into the places we took them from. And we are now embarking on a new year. A lot of times, this particular day, the day of Epiphany, the celebration of Epiphany, almost goes unnoticed because it's right after Christmas. And it's a time between Christmas and Epiphany, you have New Year's. So everybody that celebrated Christmas celebrates New Year. And after New Year, we are just worn out. We're completely tired. And we don't want to celebrate anymore, but I've got one more celebration to bring to your attention today. And that's the celebration of Epiphany. Um, I checked it out and we found out that it, uh, Epiphany is the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles as represented by the Magi. It's a festival commemorating Epiphany on January the 6th. It's a manifestation of a divine or supernatural being. And finally, Epiphany is a moment of sudden revelation or insight. That's a lot to kind of put together, but I still want to be able to take a few moments just to sort through what all of this is about. We'll start with the manifestation of Christ to the Magi. How is this all important? In, in Matthew 2, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, you should be able to run across a scripture. I don't know if it's highlighted yet, but uh, this, the Matthew 2, 
1 through 12 talks about the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I'm going to read a version here. It's a New International Version, but it says about after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all of Jerusalem with him. When he called together all of the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. From out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for, for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And they saw they had seen where it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then, having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned their to their country by another route. All right, so where in this? How are we talking about epiphany out of a scripture like this? Because when it starts off, we find out that the Herod is kind of upset because he's hearing all of this stuff about a baby being born and seeing a star, and he's asking, where is he? And then here come these magi saying that they were on their way. So he tells them to go, but when you find him, come back and tell me. Now you have to read a whole lot more, read a little ahead, and go back and read a little bit behind to find out exactly what's going on with this particular scripture because uh, Herod was, he, he was a big man. He was, he, was a, he was a head guy. He was a head honcho. He was a king. He was... And, and, and in his in his kingness and his arrogance, there was nobody to rebel against him. He was the great one. So here they're telling us or telling him that it's somebody greater than you that's born this night. And then he says to these magi, thinking that they were a little bit on the dumb side, I think, when you go find him, come back here and tell me. 
Now, if you find out later on, the reason that he wants them to tell him where he was because he wants to put a hit out on the firstborn. He wants to kill the king of the Jews. Now, wait a minute. This is not the first time that this kind of thing has happened, has it? Uh, if you go back and read a little bit before all of this stuff happened, you, you, you run across a man by the name of Pharaoh who, who, who also uh, put out a hit for all of the firstborn. And that's how we wound up with a, a great man by the name of Moses because he was able to miss that. And after he missed that, he still put out a decree that the first of all of the families should be born, should be murdered. And that didn't happen. That didn't work out for him either. So here we go. The same thing keeps happening over and over again. And here we are with Herod telling them, go and find him. Because secretly inside his, in his mind, he's saying, as soon as they tell me where he is, I'm going to eliminate that threat and I'll remain king. So uh, I think what happened, the epiphany happened because the Magi were warned in a dream. They were told in a dream not to go back. I think that's, that's where, the, where the actual greatness happened. Uh, a, a, a lot of stuff happens in dreams, isn't it? A lot of things happen in dreams. We, we're told a lot of things. I've, I've gotten inspired by dreams. I have, I've had uh, dreams that troubled my spirit and my soul. And because it troubled me, I didn't move in that particular direction only to be saved from a whole lot of pain and mispleasure. So uh, they were warned in a dream not to go back. Now, I, I don't know. I can't. I'm not. I'm not a, a researcher enough to find out what the dream was, but you got three people. They were all three kings of their own country, and they all three were warned in a dream, don't go back to Herod. You go on about your business. So, uh, well, we could just say, I'm, I'm just thinking that's probably where the, the, the greatness of the, the epiphany became because they did exactly as they were warned in the dream. Now, a festival commemorating the epiphany is usually on January the 6th. Today is the second day of the year. Thank God. Thank God we're here to see another year. Thank God for that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm all right about this preaching business because I've been preaching for a long time. This is the, my first congregation. I, I didn't have but two or three people in the congregation every, on, on a Sunday basis, but I'm used to that. But I know that speaking to you that are watching online, I know we have a much larger potential, but I want to say that it's a festival that rates with three other, two other festivals. There's a festival that they have for Christmas, and then there's a festival that they have for Easter. And of those festivals, this one is right up there with them, the Festival of the Epiphany, celebrating the time that the Magi came and presented frankincense and myrrh and gave gifts. I think to this day, that's why we give gifts to each other, uh, because we're trying to demonstrate the Savior Christ, the King being born. So on January the 6th, which I think will probably be a little later this week, we'll celebrate the Epiphany. Uh, it's also a manifestation 
of a divine or supernatural being. And then finally I said a moment of sudden revelation or, in, or insight. Um, I had to kind of look into what a manifestation was because we have so many things out here that give us uh, some kind of definition and sometimes it's not necessarily uh, the right one. But uh, I looked and said, found out that a manifestation is a sign that shows something clearly. It's one of the forms that something has when it appears or occurs or an occurrence in which the ghost or spirit of a deceased or a person or not, or not with us appears. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to kind of stick with what the manifestation means. We, we got two scriptures. We got the focus scripture, our focus scripture for today. I need to go back to that uh, that was given to me uh, by Pastor to talk to you about today uh, is Matthew 3, 13 through 17. That's, that's our focus. That's our focus scripture. Now, if you'll read in with me, let's, let's see what this particular uh, 13 through 17 is. Starts with this. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized of you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John considered. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God ascending, descending like a dove and aligning on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. All right. These two scriptures take me on a, on a time travel. I was, as, as I was preparing for this message, I, I kind of got a little dizzy because we started with the Magi back when Jesus was born. And then, this is approximately 33 years later, we've envisioned Jesus walking up to his cousin, John. Y'all know John. John was... Uh, Elizabeth's and Zachariah's son. You know, Zachariah was the one that, that the angel had to touch his tongue and make him deaf until John was born. And he told him then, you're going to name him John, but I, I, I digress. I don't want to get too far back, but you know, when, 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 when Mary went to go see her cousin Elizabeth, if you remember, the baby and Elizabeth's belly jumped or leaped. This is the same John, 33 years later, out baptizing, repent, for the kingdom is at hand. 
Be ye baptized, every one of you. And here comes his cousin, Jesus, saying, I need you to baptize me. What was John's reaction? John was like, not so, not so. If anybody needs to be baptized, it's me by you. But Jesus, you know, it was a strange thing because I, I asked myself, I said, I wonder why Jesus did that because that was to me a little, 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 uh, little unsettling for a minute. You got the, the king of kings coming to be baptized. But I found out later on through much study and prayer that Jesus did this because he wanted to make sure everybody around saw that he was a part of this movement. Uh, he wanted everybody that would be, because the people that were being baptized weren't necessarily being baptized because they uh, uh, received something special. They, they were being baptized because they changed their heart. They changed their spirit. They said they wanted to become a part of this movement that John was talking about. So they, being baptized, were known as those who follow the teachings. And Jesus wanted to make sure that he was a part of that thing as well so people would see that he submitted himself to the baptism of John. And then the, the big revelation moment when Jesus was baptized and he came up out of the water. I'm not sure now. I, I, there are many different different uh, interpretations. One interpretation says that he came up out of the water and then one says he came out of the water. However, he came out of the water and it says that heaven opened up and a great multitude showed up and you heard the voice of God saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Well, that was the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Many miracles, many blessings were to take place. The only thing I think Jesus had done before then was he had changed water into wine. You all remember that. That was the first thing, the first miracle that he performed. But up until that, he had relatively not not been doing anything. The, 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 the historians and theologians say that he studied abroad. You know, some people, some, some say that he was studying yoga, and some say he was studying a Buddhist, he was, he, but he was studying abroad. We don't know. We don't know. But for, for the longest, Jesus did not show up. When he showed up, he showed up for John to baptize him. And then his ministry began. Well, we have a lot going on in this scripture because you're setting a precedence for baptism and you're also celebrating an angelic epiphany. Something that you saw, something that manifested itself clearly. Some things you can't doubt no more. You know, back... For the longest, it was 
are you the Messiah? Are you the Messiah? Is this, as, 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 do we have a Messiah coming? Do we have a Messiah coming? There's no wonder no more. God made sure that. He made sure of that by simply saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. So it's not a, it's not a question about who Jesus was. He was or is the great I am. I have a question for you. Have you had an epiphany? Have you had an epiphany? Uh, I, I, I remember as I was pastoring, um, I was in a meeting with one of my boards and uh, we were trying to solve a very, very difficult issue. And um, I just simply laid it out before the board and told them what, this is what we have and this is what we need. Um, I'm, I'm open for suggestions and for the longest, the room stayed silent and no one offered any, any, any help. But all of a sudden, I had one of my trustees looked up and said, Pastor, I have just had an epiphany. And after she said that, she started to roll out the plan that uh, the Epiphany was able to give to her. And sure enough, we were able to solve the issue that lay before us. And um, it, went, it went back to me thinking about what Epiphany was. It was something that you were able to see clearly, something that you can it's a revelation. It's no longer a problem. I think, I think, uh, uh, I, I remember hearing a song once. Um, I think it was by Jimmy Cliff. Uh, I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. It's going to be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. So what is your revelation? What is your insight? Is there something that's going on that, that you need to see a little clearer about? Uh, this day didn't just happen and didn't happen anymore. It's happening every day. It's happening in our lives. If you look in your situation that sometimes can be a little cloudy and you just simply focus on the Jesus, you will be able to see clearer because God will remove all the things that are in your way. You can't see clearer now. The rain is gone. You can see all obstacles that are in your way. Gone are the dark clouds that had us blind. It's going to be a bright, sunshiny day. What is your epiphany? What is your insight? Because when you have an insight in something, you're able to see uh, an approaching, the nature of something. You can be able to see the things that help you become 
a more successful person. It's all, all of this is built on a system of belief. I don't know what you believe. You don't know what I believe, but I believe in God. And I believe that he has made a way for all of us today and forevermore. God is a wonderful healer. He is an everlasting father. And as a, a song I heard this recently, I, I want to leave you with, and that is simply that I hope that your troubles keep you near the cross. May your struggles show that you need God. May your battles end the way they should. And may your bad days prove that God is good. May your whole life prove that God is good. God bless you.